you know, you're having breakfast and milk is spewing across the room. Honey, would you like some cream with that? <laughs> Welcome to Life with Multiple Babies. We are multiple. We are Welcome to We Are Multiple, the podcast. Mommy's podcast is We Are Multiple. We are multiple. This is something you will not want to miss. Hope you enjoy the story. Can you tell me your name and what it is that you do? My name is Dr. Bridget Chelf. I am a chiropractor, cranial sacral therapist, and I practice functional medicine, and my focus is women and kids. Otherwise known as the baby whisperer of North County. <laughs> Every mom I talk to, I'm like, just go see Bridget. <laughs> just, just go. Trust me. Oh, but she, does she work with older kids? Yes, just go see Bridget. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you got, um, got into the work that you're doing. We just touched a little bit on it. but Well, it's so funny because when I, I w- worked in physical therapy before and I worked with the Charge and the Padres in the 80s and I always thought I wanted to be a sports doc. And then I got pregnant and I watched how my body morphed <laughs> and changed in ways that I never even thought possible. So I was fascinated with pregnancy and I was in chiropractic school and I just, I, I mean, I didn't have any of the aches and pains. I didn't have any of the nausea. I mean, you know, at the end you feel, you can't help but feel a little bit different because your body is changing so dramatically. But I just thought, what a wonderful experience. And I wanted other women to have that ease that I did, or at least ease their discomforts as much as I can. And then once I had a baby, I was like, holy, holy, holy moly, right? So I really wanted, you know, because I felt very alone and isolated. I had no clue to what I was doing. And um, for me, it was just trial and error. And this is, you know, 27 years ago. So it was a lot different than it is now. We didn't have the internet and Google. You know, we just had, you know, a tissue and a, a shot of tequila every once in a while. <laughs> you know, because it's like, what is my, you know, it's overwhelming and you don't, especially if it's your first and they have issues, it's just, you don't know what to do. And you go to the pediatrician, they're fine, you know, and you don't have, especially if you don't have the, the family dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, like the sages, you want those elders to help you walk you through this process. And a lot of people don't. And so I was overwhelmed and grateful all at the same time because after you get through a certain pay you know certain um, phase in your kids it's like I have something to offer and mm-hmm. I know how this can make them better mm-hmm. and so I just really switched from wanting to work with professional athletes to just women and kids mm-hmm. and I it's 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 my dream job I never feel like I'm going to work mm-hmm. I love I mean I love seeing kids all day and their moms I love my demographic of my moms um, so I really feel very blessed and then it so it worked from started out with physical therapy that was my main and then I switched to chiropractic and then cranial sacral and then functional medicine and then I've taken more classes and courses than I can ever list so it's just because I never feel like I know enough you know yeah. and the more you know you more you don't know yeah so it's that constant evolution of growing and changing and how I can help moms and kids better you know, live long, not live longer, like live the best life they can with the problems and things that will come up. Yeah, I think that that's huge, right? Because if you don't know that you can have the support, both like physically and what you can do for yourself from pregnancy on, 
it can totally destroy your body and destroy your mind. Oh, mind it's the bullets of the mind body and literally the mind body. <laughs> because you're, you know, especially so you're watching is you're watching your body change and grow in ways that you never even thought possible. <laughs> you know, I mean I went from a negative double A to a double D and I was like, Oh my God, how could this even be and you're just your hips, you just watch it and there's something moving in your in your belly and how can that be? And how where are they coming out? That can't be right. Ten centimeters is not that big, <laughs> you know. So you're before you have it, you're thinking all these things, and it's like that can't be right. You know, this is a design flaw, <laughs> you know. But then you go through it, and I was really blessed. I had both my kids without any meds, and one at home on the couch. And not to say I would want to give birth every day, but I think it is one of the most empowering things that a woman can go through. Mm. Because you get to the core and depth of your of your soul when you're giving birth, whether it be you know through the C-section, it's just a different door. It's still it's still an amazing process. And what I encourage moms to do is never let when you don't think you can do something, go back to that time mm. and look at that, remember that, feel that, and you got this, girl, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because you're not going to go through nothing is more incredible than giving birth. Yeah, Betsy and I, it's like a big thing that we say around here. We're just like, nope, once you find out that you're pregnant with multiples, like, that's your superpower. It is. It really is. And Betsy says, she's like, I'll be on my deathbed, and, like, you can take, that is one thing you'll never be able to take away from me, is that I birthed and raised triplets. No, and that should be on your headstone. (laughs) (laughs) Triplet mama. (laughs) Rockstar. No, and I think there's, you know, just being, like, and I have no judge, you know, just being a mom and a parent who is really engaged in your children, mm-hmm. it is so much work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I have no judgment. You know, if you put your kids in front of BT 24-7, that's still a little bit of work. But if you're really engaged in your children, encouraging them develop me, de- developmentally to grow to their capacity, mm-hmm. challenging them. You know, making them curious because mm-hmm. kids are curious, but you don't mm-hmm. want to stifle that curiosity. Mm-hmm. You want them to grow their to, to you know to be individuals, and to really to, to fire that fuel for them. That takes a lot of work mm-hmm. and maintain a semi sane household <laughs> and stay married and stay married. <laughs> you know. So since we've been spending all of this time in the past couple of weeks, we're just really talking about pregnancy and like the first year and. I feel like that's how you were so instrumental for me was in the first year. I felt so lucky that I found you after like the first three months of, you know, getting pushed around through a lot of different people. Um, I did feel that, that it was like, I'll never forget. I felt like I couldn't find the information that I needed and that I couldn't find someone to actually listen to what my problem was, mm-hmm. you know, and it was great coming into your office because it was like I felt seen and I felt heard and I didn't feel like I was getting pushed into what you felt was the right decision. Like, I'll never forget it. You said to me, you're like, whatever you decide, we'll figure it out together. Mm-hmm. And it was like such a blessing because I didn't realize, you don't realize how little that exists. And you don't realize how much of a failure our society and our medical system sets us up for motherhood. Because... Mm-hmm. No one, they say, oh, no one can prepare you for motherhood, but no one really does. Like, we want a clue. Yeah. <laughs> like some clue of like this huge fundamental shift that's going to happen. And there's no, there's no like on ramp. It's from zero to 60 overnight. And then you're also dealing with healing your body, feeding babies from your body, 
and your hormones that are not going to settle down for years to come and everything else that comes with it and it can be super overwhelming oh it's 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 incredibly overwhelming so it's amazing that people do it over and over again (laughs) (laughs) they can fix that yeah they can fix that I did. <laughs> Two is my max. Two is my max. I and I like, needed them three and a half years apart. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't want to be outnumbered one-on-one defense. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, and, and, you know, and yeah. I look at these women in awe, and I remember um, when my kids were little, my husband was gone um, quite a bit most of the time, and I remember, you know, I was a working mom. And, you know, I let my kids pick out what they wanted to wear in the morning. I was, I'll pick my battles, right? Mm-hmm. And then... I would, you know, sometimes it would almost be a drive-by when you drop them off. It's like, okay, i got to go quick. So, like, literally, I'm going to slow down and get out the door. <laughs> and then you see these moms with four kids. Their hair's combed. Mm-hmm. Their clothes match. They're clean. Yeah. You know? And I'm like... I know. It's they, hard not to... It's not. It's hard not to compare all the time. And then I just always have to remember that, like, everyone's path is different. Well, it is. It is. But I think moms need to be honest with other moms. Oh. 100%. But I don't think they are. Yeah. Do you mean it's like yeah. it's not easy? It's not. It's not easy. It's it's overwhelming. It's exhausting, and just be honest. Mm-hmm. This this is hard. Yeah. I still don't know how to French braid. <laughs> My daughter's twenty six, <laughs> and I'm okay with that now. <laughs> it's true, and I think that's like a big mission of what we want to do here. At we are multiple. Is like really just be honest, and like be as transparent and supportive as and positive as possible but also just be like look we all have felt these different things at different times and it's okay Mm -hmm. and you know and I think you know with especially with breastfeeding multiples like moms get really really hard on themselves about it and like we talked about it all last week on the on our Instagram about how like fed is best you know and it doesn't matter and it doesn't matter they just need to eat they just need to eat and like that was like one of the things that we worked on together that was so helpful and like just I remember just knowing that like goat's milk was going to be better for them and that the molecule was thicker and bigger in a goat milk than it is in regular milk and my babies were going to gain more weight and you know and it was just such positive information you know and I still breastfed till nine months and like rock star (laughs) well but the silver lining was is that like because we supplemented they got used to bottles and because they got used to bottles we got a little bit more breathing room and you could exhale yeah at times, you know, and and then, you know, they started eating food at four months, and then by nine months, they just chose an avocado and salmon over me. <laughs> hey, that's good. <laughs> Which was great, you know, but um, I think that there's a lot of really high expectations around the, like, the beauty and naturalness of breastfeeding, and no one really is honest that it's fucking hard work and it's a learned experience for everyone involved it it's like I was I think of breastfeeding as a sport you know you're both new to the sport mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it takes a while to get used to the equipment right <laughs> and there should be a time frame and and it's practice just like anything what would you say that time frame is out of curiosity um you know like so I think when I think of a a, a newborn just think they're as overwhelmed as this world as you are mm-hmm. of them coming into your world. Mm-hmm. You know, they know you literally inside out and backwards. They know your heart rate, your rhythm. They know everything about you. And they're coming out to this bright, loud world. And they just want you. Mm-hmm. And so I think the first six weeks, I think the babies kind of wake up by six weeks. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's that fourth mm-hmm. trimester, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge advocate of that. Yeah, me too. Um, and so they're kind of waking up. They're kind of getting used to it. So I think by six weeks is a good overall estimate that if you have help, if mm-hmm. you need help, mm-hmm. you know, six weeks, you kind of, you're getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of getting to know this human being. You dated your partner before you married them or, or live with them. Mm-hmm. You just get this kid, mm-hmm. you know, and there's things, you know, there's coming out your nipple and that was when you wore the sexy lingerie. How does that work? You know, so it's just a whole different dress rehearsal. <laughs> You know, there's milk coming, you know, you're having breakfast and milk is spewing across the room. Honey, would you like some cream with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just, and I think part of it, you've got to laugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you know, just give, 100%. Your, give yourself some grace. And, you know, there's moments you cry and I tell mom, get down and dirty and cry. Mm-hmm. Don't shove it, cry and then laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is freaking, if you really look at it, you know, if you're not crying in a corner, it's pretty darn funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a circle. But you have to have that support so you can laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because it's really a shit show. <laughs> yeah. Right? For at least the first six months, at least. Oh, for the first year. <laughs> no, with multiples a year. Because it's like, you you, you know, you, you got two. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so I think the first six weeks is, I, I kind of look at that's the getting to know phase. Mm-hmm. Do you mean? And then three months is when I think they really come alive because their vision is great. They're mm-hmm. getting a little more coordination. Mm-hmm. Their their reflexes are, you know, that they can sit up a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And they they smile, mm-hmm. not just because they have gas. Yeah. You know, they love you and they want to please you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like kind of dogs. Yeah. You know, they want to make you happy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you want to make them happy. So it's, a, it's this beautiful union. Mm-hmm. So three months, you guys are really getting a good rhythm down. Mm-hmm. You guys have got really a pretty good rhythm by three months. And the kids are kind of waking up. That's I, how I kind of look at it. I remember that exercise that you did when you were talking about like how energy is passed through oh, yeah. like from mom to baby and like when I held on to the doll mm-hmm. and then wested and then the doll lit up mm-hmm. you know which I think is like it's very powerful because if you can like in the shit showness of it all like hold on to that and know that like that's like the thread that you're trying to like maintain and continue Mm -hmm. it does help quite a bit you know when i treat moms and babies it's like you guys are one Mm -hmm. i mean you really are the same one and then until the first year and then it you know kind of fades a little bit but i mean they know your emotions that's why you know if if you're upset i'm I'm, if you have a bad day tell that kid i'm having Mm -hmm. a bad day i still love you but i don't know what the fuck i'm doing Mm -hmm. you know talk to them yeah you know let them know and then if you really engage in a conversation with them, people are like, but they don't understand. Like, how is they going to learn how to understand mm-hmm. unless you talk to them? Yeah. Right? Let them know how you're feeling. And it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. You know? And they're probably overwhelmed and exhausted and tired, too. They just, they can cry. We can't all the time. Yeah. I know. You know? So I think it's really being as honest with them as you need to be with yourself Mm -hmm. does that make sense absolutely I think I think that's really powerful and I totally agree and I also think with the with the babies that are even more sensitive it's even more important to talk to them like Mm -hmm. Eva was like such a like a little champ in the beginning (laughs) she was just like me I'm fine and West was not at all (laughs) but look at him now oh my lord I know he's amazing now but I remember like 
I was like, we got to talk to him. And it was like, okay, we're going to change your diaper. And I'm going to turn the hair dryer on because you like the hair dryer. And now I'm going to, like, wipe your butt. And, like, we were just telling these things. And it did work. Like, he was able to kind of, like, whether it was, like, the sound of our voice or whatever. But he knew that, like, he was getting indicators of what was going to happen. And that he was acknowledged. Yeah. And heard. Do you and mean, seen. And just, just like we want to be, they, mm-hmm. it's, it's like primal for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is part of that. That's the beginning of their existence. Mm-hmm. They need to, you know, be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think it's crucial to really talk to the kids, engage with them. So with all the children that you've seen, um, what are the most common like roadblocks and issues that you see in, in kids? Babies. Um, so, so we'll start with like, so obviously when you, we'll start with multiples, right? Yeah. Um, so it's amazing how the body morphs and expands, right? But with twins it, or triplets, it morphs and expands even more. And so I look at even with a single baby, it's like being in coach on a nine month trip in the middle seat. <laughs> So you pack three people or two people in that middle seat for nine months, (laughs) there's some crowding. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And so typically, you know, I see a lot of kids with torticollis, Mm -hmm. tightness of the neck, um, hip dysplasia, decreased range of motion, plagiocephaly, plagiocephaly, you know, the misshapen heads. So all these things are really common because as they're growing, Mm -hmm. If they don't move, just like if you're like this all night, you wake up with a stick neck, okay, mm-hmm. it's nine months. Mm-hmm. So it's so important for them to get, you know, like we get our cars rotated and our, t- you know, car tuned up. Mm-hmm. They need to get evaluated after they come out of this little space. And so it's really common. Those are super common problems um, that I see. And then, you know, you get digestive issues, mm-hmm. um, eczema, breastfeeding issues. Do you mean? And there's a, a you know a plethora of, of reasons why those might happen as well. What I'm curious about the digestive issues. So a lot, so especially okay, you have a preemie. Preemie, yeah. Right. They're so so not. their digestive system isn't very well developed, mm-hmm. and um, you know obviously if we if we can't get them to breastfeed, we want them to breastfeed. But if not, thank God for formula. Mm-hmm. Um, so if so, one of the things that I do is I really want to make sure. Let's say the baby has green frothy poops right and they smell baby's poops if it's breastfed should not smell Mm -hmm. it's not like you want to go smell them in a rose garden but they shouldn't be oh my god i need to get out of here Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and babies do fart but it shouldn't be like when i judge gas it's like to the point of are they uncomfortable can they sleep are they just fussy you know that kind of moaning and growing that's Mm -hmm. not okay either Mm -hmm. because you know if if your gut isn't right you're not right Mm -hmm. so I'll look at the mom and dad's digestive like history. You know, what allergies? Do they have Crohn's, diverticulitis, irritable bowel? You know, look at that. Do their family members mm-hmm. do? Are you, you know, food intolerant to things? And if they are, then I'll start having the mom take that up her diet, mm. right? Because it's what you eat, they eat. And do you suggest, like, do you, when you're working with pregnant, pregnant moms, are you doing the same sort of analysis as well? Uh, oh, when, when I'm working with pregnant moms, we go through a huge health history. Mm-hmm. Because what I like, we have to, you know, we, we take a license to test to get our car, but you're making a human being. <laughs> and I want my body in the best shape. Mm-hmm. And I treat, I just treat women and kids. And I would say half the women I see have fertility issues. Mm-hmm. And they're in their 30s. Mm-hmm. And that's not right. Mm-hmm. So 
I love, you know, I'm a detective. I love to understand why, because the body does something for a reason. It just doesn't do, it can't make a baby for a reason, or if you have chronic diarrhea or bloating, there's a reason it does. And so when I'm working with pregnant moms or moms who want to conceive, we go through a full health history and really find out what their body needs, because every mom is different. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've been on the pill since you were 12 and you had antibiotics for acne, we're going to really look at your hormones in your liver and mm -hmm. your gut. Mm -hmm. Do you mean if you were never on the pill and you, you know, pretty healthy, ate well, no really, you know, allergies or intolerances or health issues, we're going to look at you differently. Mm -hmm. So it's like your fingerprint. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's different, so I look at them very individually. But diet, you're, if, you know, gut is gut health is huge. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a healthy gut, you, you can't be healthy. So for um, multiples, because it is something like in the 50 moms that I've talked to in the past couple of weeks, like every single girl has had some sort of hip dysplasia mm -hmm. and a lot of the boys have ended up in helmets. Mm -hmm. um, and both of my kids had that. And I think I am also grateful that I found you because they didn't end up in a helmet and we didn't end up in, um, in a brace, but I, it's, not, it's another huge thing that like twin parents are just not prepared for at all. That's huge. You think, oh my God, my kid, kid's head is deformed? Yeah. Or her hips? Yeah. That's scary. Because yeah. you don't know that it, it's just when you hear those words, you don't know that... It's a space it, issue. Yeah, it's a space <laughs> issue and they will be okay. Yeah. They need some fine tuning like we all do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is like your recommendation for parents who are in that position? Um, like what's your process? So, um, ideally, I think every child should get an evaluation, you know, yeah. um, 10 centimeters again isn't that big, right? Yeah. So, you evaluate, and I look at it from, you know, many different perspectives, from a physical therapy, a chiropractic, and a cranial sacral, and a functional standpoint, right? And so then, you know, you, with hip dysplasia, you look at the sacral. Mm -hmm. The sacrum, is it rotated? You look at the tonicity of the muscles, you do a comprehensive, I mean, it's just a really detailed evaluation of their musculoskeletal system. Mm -hmm. And then you, you know, you can double diaper. Yeah. You know, and that's huge. Sometimes even just double diapering mm -hmm. can help them with hip dysplasia. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then you do some body work and adjustments and you can get them eight, nine times out of ten without having to do any braces. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then with the brachiocephaly and plagiocephaly, um, that's when the cranial is magic and the chiropractic. Mm -hmm. And then you can, I mean... I mean, that's, I see so many, and eight, nine times out of ten, they don't have to get a helmet. Yeah, I mean, that was like West. I mean, remember his whole, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember very well. So, you know, man. but it takes time. Yeah, it does take time. And it was a, and it was a commitment. I mean, we saw you twice a week for Long time. almost the first whole year. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, because I think that's the biggest, like, shock for a lot of people. Because it's like, I think about it, I'm like, oh, my God, if both of my kids ended up in braces and then in helmets, like... I was talking to a twin mom who has two twin girls, and both girls ended up in braces. And she was like, think about it. They had to be in the brace 23 hours a day. You're with babies. Who, and she's like, they tolerate it quite well, but they're babies. They're throwing up on themselves. They're spitting up. Like, oh, it's, it's when do you have mess. time to wear those, like, wash those braces? I know. I know. It's hard. It's hard. You know? And they do adapt really. I mean, that's one thing about kids. Yeah. They're very adaptable. You know, because yeah. they, they haven't been around long enough to know this is uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so no, I mean, if you don't, you know, thank God we have those tools when we need them. Totally. Cause like Betsy, the same thing, like her daughter, her only daughter out of all, you know, the triplets, um, she screamed for the first like couple of months mm -hmm. and they, 
didn't realize that the swaddle, because of her hip dysplasia, mm-hmm. was creating so much pain. So the minute they unswaddled her and put they did put her in a brace, she was like totally fine. Yeah. So, but again, it's like we're both informed women. Like it, it's it's boggled my mind because there just hasn't been there's no preparatory information no. to tell these moms who are who are growing multiple babies that these are just normal things that may likely happen but it is okay but it's okay and but just even to like prepare for it to be like hey these are five things that are all okay because you're growing two people in your tiny body but just be aware that like you're probably going to have to like think about it look out for Mm -hmm. it and like find the support for it and like put that in place before the babies are born so that you know when you have that support well, it is. It's like, you, you know, and, and I'm not kn- knocking Western medicine at all, but mm-hmm. it's very, they, they're in the box. Yes, agreed. And they don't, they don't prep moms and they don't know about other alternatives. And it, if it doesn't fit in their box, mm-hmm. there we go. Yeah. And, and I, I like to get like, I like to give moms choices. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's three options. I don't give moms anybody more than three choices yeah. and we get overwhelmed. Yeah. I know I do. <laughs> so give you three choices. Mm-hmm. Here's my three best options I have for you and your child. Mm-hmm. I go through each of them and then how do you want to proceed? Mm-hmm. I'm here to support you. I'm not here to tell you what to do and how do you want to do this? But here's the three things you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's do it. Yeah. And that was like the biggest thing with us was like, again, like the other thing was the tongue and lip tie. And that was what I initially had come to you for because I was like beside myself about what to do because we weren't really having problems breastfeeding. But like everyone had told me that it was like this like thing that I had to do because both of their mouths were apparently going to like give them migraines and have speech problems. And, you know, like you tell a, a brand new mom with two new babies that are two weeks old that like they have to slice their kids mouths open. Like I was like, wait, what? And then it was like, oh, and then if you do it today, you get $500 off the procedure. So make a decision right now. And I was like, wait, excuse me and that was like that happened with three doctors i went to I'm so sorry that just it's still i just like it, i, I want to crawl out of my skin and slap them it's horrible it's despicable and that's why like I, I saw i found you and i was like okay yeah okay you're listening and telling me that like if you choose not to do it it will be okay <laughs> if you choose to do it it will also be okay you know, and then I found Dr. Corey, right? And like that was like my next step of like she saw me, she heard me. She's a love. She's amazing, right? And like everyone, including my husband, thought I was crazy that I was going to all these different doctors. But it was like then I found her, and I was like, oh no no no, okay now I can do this. Like I have two people, a doctor who understands why I am like distraught over this, and why it's like really freaky to me to have to do these exercises on my kids because the Nikki story of like. Her son did the procedure four times and it grew back every single time. And like she was traumatized by that, you know, and then you telling me like, okay, if you do it and you can't do the exercises, drive them here. (laughs) And then Ashley, God bless our nanny, was like, I can do them. And then Nick was like, when I'm home, I can do them. I was like, okay, so maybe I only have to do one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. It's hard. You know what I mean? Like. You know, and, and it's hard to, to do something that's going to make your kid cry. Yeah. Because that's the last thing you want to do with your kid cry. It's so hard. It's hard. And I, and I never want to get to that point where I'm like rolling my eyes. Oh, my God. Seriously, lady, it takes 30 seconds. Yeah. You know, I never want. And, and I, I always really try and put myself in the mom's position 
because it's overwhelming and you don't know what the hell's going on and your kid is crying. You're telling me to make my kid cry? Yeah. I mean, How it was, is that okay? It and was so, really traumatizing. Oh, no, trust me, I, I, I hear, I, I, I see you it know, every day. I know, I know. You know, so <gasps> I understand it. So part of my job is to listen and let them know, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. And, yeah. But let's figure out how we can do this together. Yeah. But I also remember you saying to me, like, look, the first week, it's going to feel like you're causing them pain. And then you're going to see, then it's just going to be annoying to them. Because like, the mouth is their world. Yeah. And then it was. Like, I remember I just started doing it to Wes after, like, a week. And he was just like, okay, I know you have to do this to me. Like, fine, you know. And then and then he was fine, mm-hmm. you know. And then, like, your tincture was great because I loved the taste of it. So it was, like, all those things, like, totally made it bearable. And, like, as you hear them scream right now, <laughs> um, I laugh every time that Eva just, like, screams and has a tantrum because, like, the lift of her tongue and her whole entire mouth like is so beautiful and I'm just like okay well that was worth it it was but then you will laugh because remember you told me with so just as reference both of my children were tongue and lip tied so West had a really bad lip tie his tongue wasn't so bad Eva's tongue was basically heart shaped but her lip was moderate it was it was fine um but I remember you told me like look if you don't decide to do it they'll probably both break their lip ties at a certain point anyway so literally I laughed I meant to take a photo and send it to you because a month ago West on his bunk bed like bebopping around slams his head into his bunk bed ripped it right open and I was like well we did that at three months just did it again (laughs) sent a photo to Dr. Corey she's like he's fine yeah 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 I mean it happens yeah, you but know, and one of the things with lip and tongue tie, it's do I think it's relevant? Yes, mm-hmm. I think it is incredibly relevant. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it is not life threatening. Yeah, and it is a choice. Well, and I think and that it that's is a choice. And I think know? that's very important for people to hear, especially I feel like in communities like Encinitas, because it is such a thing now to be like, oh, they're tongue and lip tie, just go and like, I. And then you go to other places in the country and like it's never discussed at all. And then these poor women are suffering, you know. So I would just to just to give our listeners a little bit of an idea, like what are like the main indicators um, with newborns um, that would lead to you wanting someone to get looked at for tongue and lip tie? Okay, so breastfeeding should not be painful. It is a different experience for a mom having a baby suckle on your nipple every two hours for 24-7 for however long you breastfeed. So, so there is a different sensation, but it should never be painful. Only 50% of kids who have a lip and tongue tie have a difficult time breastfeeding and exudes pain with the mom. So that's not so pain is not always an yeah, issue. Because I didn't have any pain. No, and sometimes you just need to get some help with a lactation consultant mm-hmm. or somebody who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and modify your, li- modify your um, hold. Um, so kids that pop off and on. Mm-hmm. Kids that fall asleep during while they're breastfeeding, kids that are mouth breathers, mm. you know, because they're, they're, when they're mouth breathers and they extend their, their, their neck, they're actually, it opens up their airway. Mm. And when they have a tongue tie, it blocks, so it lifts up so they can't breathe through the mouth. That's why they breathe through their nose. Mm. So, so that's another thing. Painful and sore nipples mm. if the mom's milk supply is decreasing. So what happens, these kids... They're breastfeeding and they're smart. They just want to feed, right? Mm-hmm. They're really smart. So they do everything they can to get the milk out. and But they get exhausted 
because they're utilizing certain parts of the, the mouth, the muscles to get the milk out, but really you should disperse that energy and that's why they get tired. Mm. So they're hungry, but they fall asleep and then they wake up crying. Yeah, because they're so, so hungry. It's because they're so hungry. Yeah. So these kids, you know, they pop off and on the breast because if they're trying to get that good latch, mom's milk supply is decreasing, a mom gets mastitis, because they're not draining the milk. Mm. Kids need to be fed a lot more frequently. Mm -hmm. um, those are probably the top ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously nipple pain, mm -hmm. but that's not always an indicator. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's other indicators yeah. and gas. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't have that good seal, mm -hmm. that vacuum seal, and that's typically more with the lip tie or buccal ties, then air goes in and these kids are gassy. Mm -hmm. And peristaltic motion starts from the mouth to the anus. And that's that digestive, that, that, that tongue motion that's so important. Mm -hmm. And that peristaltic motion in the intestines that actually excretes all the good stuff we want and gets rid of the, you know, the poop. Mm -hmm. So if kids, sometimes even kids can be constipated. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to get that peristaltic motion mm -hmm. in, in proper movement so it's always been so fascinating to me and that was why ideal like ideologically i chose to do it because like the education and the information that you gave me i didn't think about it in like the myopic sense of what was happening to us at that specific time because they were feeding well and mm -hmm. you know and all those things and but i was like okay in the longer course of life like do i want to like set them up to have migraines and digestive issues and speech pathology issues especially TMJ. with eva and yeah tmj and all this kind of stuff and that was where it was like i made the decision because i didn't want to look back and have a 14 year old that was having problems and then as you know you've been through the surgery as an adult and so has dr corey <laughs> i saw her a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and she was like wow like it's just more, I mean, I had mine done at 54 for sleep apnea, and mm. I was never, my whole life, I could not pronounce certain things. Mm. And within three days, my sleep apnea was gone, mm. and I was able to pronounce things I could never pronounce. That's so interesting. And it's interesting, because the tongue is like the rotor for the spine. So if you have a tongue tie, it actually pulls your head interior, mm -hmm. so that displaces the weight of your mm -hmm. occiput and your cervical spine different. Mm -hmm. So it increases chance of arthritis, TMJ. And so when I got mine done, you feel the shoulders just drop. Mm. You know what I mean? It's pretty. It's it's actually pretty profound what a little piece of tissue can do. Mm. And within that too, because I know that you looked at both Nicholas and my mouths, and we're both tongue tied. Mm -hmm. So would you suggest that parents do evaluate themselves just so that they know and be prepared for babies that are most likely going to be tongue tied? You know, I think it's always a good idea to prep. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. one of the things. Methylation, MTHFR is a big, you know, hot topic in nutrition, and there's a correlation between methylation and tongue tie. Mm. It's a midline disorder. Mm. So it's, I think it's just a good idea to let people know that there's a chance. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Is it life threatening? No. Mm -hmm. Can it make their life better? Yes. But if you don't want to go through it, then don't. Yeah. You know, I have a mom, and she she's like, I just can't do it. I'm like, mm. then don't. Yep. Yeah, and it's okay. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. if it's going to be so much stress for the mom, yeah, and it's literally it was paralyzing for her, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, honey, yeah, don't do it, yeah, because I thought the long term effect it's going to have on that kid, it's yeah. not worth it. Yes, and I think that that's the biggest thing that we keep on coming around to in these conversations is like understand what your mental bandwidth is mm -hmm. and like what your stress level is because that stress is 
10 times worse for the baby than any other decision that you make. Well, because, you know, you're so when, you know, you produce excess stress, your adrenals are produced, mm-hmm. more cortisol affects your breast milk, and that's mm-hmm. going into the baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not to say, and, and don't, I mean, you're going to be stressed when you have a newborn, <laughs> yeah. which is fine. So yeah. I'm not saying don't have stress because that's yeah. impossible. Yeah. Um, but keep it as minimal as you can. Mm-hmm. And just know the first week, if you do decide to get it done, it's it's uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie. It's uncomfortable. But then after that, because they heal so quick, because it's so mm-hmm. vascular, they're just annoyed. Yeah. You're in their space. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. if you can get through that first week of hell. Yeah. You're pretty good. Yeah. But also make sure you go to a good provider. There's only two people in whole of San Diego County that I refer to. Mm-hmm. Other people, I just they don't they don't do it. Thorough enough or too deep or not mm-hmm. enough. And and then you need a support team. You need an, a a good lactation consultant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A good provider that's going to do the laser. Mm-hmm. You need, and they have to have body work. Mm-hmm. You're rearranging their whole mouth and their whole cranium. You have to have body work. And if you can't do that, then maybe not do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just, it, it's just like after surgery, you get rehab. I did physical therapy. I know. You get rehab after you get any kind of surgery. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do it after that? And yeah. make sure you go to somebody who knows what they're doing because a lot of people don't. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part, right? And it's like, it is it is a question of like privilege and access too. Because, it is very privileged. Yeah. It is, and it, and it shouldn't be. I know, I agree. I mean, it should not be, and it shouldn't be for the elite or the people who can mm-hmm. to have their child healthy and feeding well. Yeah, I know. And that's one of the things that I really want to, I want to develop a nonprofit for moms mm-hmm. and so that they can, because everybody in my office will donate our time mm-hmm. because that's not fair. Yeah, no, and I it's agree. wrong. Yeah, I know. I 100% agree. So anyway, I, I can I do mean, that. And I mean, I've lectured that. at Radies. I've lectured at Children's. I've lectured at Scripps on how to how to assess it. And it's like these people, some of them are just mm-hmm. like, they'll grow out of it. You don't grow out of a piece of tissue. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you're pregnant. You're either pregnant or not. You either have a tongue tie or you don't. Mm-hmm. It's how your body adapts to it. Mm-hmm. And some kids are better than others. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so it's all individual. There's no blanket yep. for everybody. Yep. So just to wrap up, to going back to pregnancy, like what would you say would be like if a woman who is pregnant with twins or triplets, what would be like the top five things that you would tell her to do during her pregnancy? Get body work to help your body as it grows and changes to make sure that grows and changes as best it can. Make sure your nutrition is good. You're, you need a lot of protein. Mm-hmm. Make sure you eat, and it's not just what you eat, it's what you eat and digest. Mm-hmm. Make sure your digestion is good. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're hydrating. Prep, you know, like I, I'm a big advocate of that mind-body experience. So whether it be, you, you find out what your happy place is, whether it be yoga, meditation, journaling, walking. Make sure you get and talk to your partner. Mm-hmm. You know, get that get that together. Um, I would say get as much sleep as you can. Hydrate, get get your team. That's when you want to develop your team. Mm-hmm. Make sure your adrenals are optimal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just nutritionally, biochemistry, you want to make sure that your adrenals can handle the stress it's going to handle. You know, make sure that your liver is functioning, your, your GI tract. Um, but body work, nutrition, mind, body, get your, get your teams. This is when you need to start developing your team. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be with you for a while. Mm-hmm. And pick your people carefully. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody likes them doesn't mean you have to. You know what I mean? So you have to find that, that, that collection of people that really kind of jive with you. Well, and speaking of, what are you starting now? I am starting... For all you pregnant moms out there. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, there, there's quite a few things I have on that I want to do. I have been working on bodies for over 30 years, and women and kids are my passion. And I, like I said earlier, I really want women to be felt like they're seen and heard and empowered so they can make choices on their own, not because they feel like they have to or they should. You know what I mean? I want them to, to empower them so they have options for their choices. But I see so many women that have a difficult time getting pregnant, and these are women in their 30s. And there's, I see a lot of common denominators. And so I've developed a nine-month program, and it is with people in my office, my acupuncturist, my massage therapist who does infertility, uh, my yoga specialist, my chef, you know, getting your mind and body ready to have that baby, you know, and, and because it's prep. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to have a dinner party, you go shopping and get everything ready. If mm-hmm. you're going to make a human, let's get your body in the best shape it is. Mm-hmm. And liver detoxes, I swear that is, that's not my, almost my golden ticket to get a woman pregnant. That's where your hormones are multiplied. Mm-hmm. So getting your body ready. So this program I'm launching, it's really to get their mind and body ready for their next, mm-hmm. you know, to, to start conceiving a baby. Mm-hmm. And then I'm developing a program for the nine months of when you're pregnant mm-hmm. and then I want to do a program after that for the first year of life different things you can do because it's you know like not just the kids structurally but how you can engage their brain mm-hmm. you know what I mean I want these kids challenged in a way make sure their sensory system you know their reflexes the primitive reflexes are like the nervous the, the nervous system they're like the roots of a tree and if those aren't integrated things are going to happen mm-hmm. so I really want to set these kids up for success I see so many kids with learning disabilities and you know they're struggling ADHD and on the spectrum and I want to stop these kids before they get to that place Mm -hmm. that's my goal that's great well we should talk because I think it would be awesome if we did it for pregnant pregnancy for twins and triplets and first year I would love to and we could build a little online course together because while Bridget is here in San Diego not everyone can have access to you so I've always thought it would be really wonderful if we could find a way to do it for moms and dads everywhere. Oh, I would love to. And just, I just, again, educate for options. Like if you get an ear infection, here's the things that you can do. Yes. If your kid has diarrhea, these are the things that yes. you can do. And if that's you, a big part of what we want to do. Eczema, psoriasis. Mm-hmm. I mean, these kids, I see some, I get some, oh, these kids just break my heart, oozing wounds from their whole body mm-hmm. and the pediatric, let's just put steroids on it. No, that's a Band-Aid. Yes. I want to find out why your, the body does something for a reason. Yeah. Um, I've been pushing our neighbor two doors down to come and see you because her four-year-old has eczema. So gut, yeah. So I'm at make her call you. So <laughs> <laughs> well, we can go on and on, but we're gonna have you back. So thank you so much for answering all of our questions. It's and to see you again me too. And when if you have any questions, both on the podcast and on YouTube, please just reach out and we will put you in touch with Bridget. And she's a wealth of knowledge and I am clearly a huge fan. So (laughs) I'm very blessed to have you in our life. I feel so blessed to be here. Thank you very much. Okay. Yay. Thank you for listening to We Are Multiple, the podcast. We hope you learned something. We hope you laugh. And please join us next time. It's always interesting. There's always something new. There's always something vital that you will want to know. Not only during your pregnancy, but with your babies and beyond. And don't lose your shit. We got you. We are multiple. We are multiple. Have a good one.